Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Get a dose of hope.com. Today's guest is Grace Howe. Grace is grateful to be inspiring leaders locally, nationally, and internationally through her speaking, writing, and educational programs. She's a co author of several best selling books, including Build It Big, More Build It Big, and Mom Entrepreneur Extraordinaire. Grace loves being a devoted wife, mother of eight amazing children, and enjoys serving profitable corporations, educators, leading executives, nonprofit organizations, entrepreneurs, and the government. Grace Howe and Robert talk about generational entrepreneurs and how that increases the potential and impact. She also shared how the lessons of being a mother of eight have impacted her ability to coach and mentor because she understands the power of listening and being present. Time given to one is time taken from another, so you need to be very intentional with your time. Grace, thank you so much for joining me today. I am just so excited. Um, you're my first second generation guest. So, <laughs> oh, I received that. Thank you. Well, I feel the same way. I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, of course, I'm always grateful to my guests that refer other guests. And so I'm very thankful to Nikki, who, of course, you happen to be related to. <laughs> and yeah. her interview was fantastic. And so looking forward to our conversation today and, and learning how you're carrying on um, all of the things that you've learned with her. And, and I know you guys are partnered together in some ventures. And so that's, that's very exciting when families working together, at least in my heart it is. And so I'm excited to hear. Oh, yes. Well, it's wonderful to be uh, generational entrepreneurs. I think that, you know, my parents never, they always were very clear that they're, it's not even about thinking outside of the box. They were clear that there is no box and that possibilities are abundant, particularly for entrepreneurs. Oh, that's so powerful. What a, what a great way to be introduced to entrepreneurship and, and what an example for them to share. So typically just have all my guests share their entrepreneurial journey and what's led them to where they're working today. Oh, thanks, Robert. Well, yeah, I mean, I was raised in an entrepreneurial household, actually. I don't know if my mom shared the story about how my grandfather modeled entrepreneurship for us. He started a business right out of the trunk of his car selling used wire. Wow. And he built that to a multi-location, multi-million dollar massive enterprise in the, throughout the Northwest. Um, and he set the tone for, you know, you can start with 
with practically nothing and build it to something that sustains still to this day beyond his life. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so I was modeled that through my parents, you know, entrepreneurship and um, possibility thinking. And so I basically tell my mom, we started, you know, our business partnership pretty much when I was in Pampers. I mean, we started out working together. I was marketing. She was, you know, doing all the other things. I was out uh, speaking to people about the business and the products and, and, and the services and what we had to offer. And, um, and we continue to evolve from there. Uh, so I, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my entire life. I still am till this day. And I love it. There, you know, it's not always easy. I'll say that very, very clearly. You know, many people say, gosh, you're an overnight success. 21 years later, you know, they don't necessarily see the, uh, the highs and lows, you know, usually on social media, you get the highlight reel, you get, the, you know, you get the exciting aspects of the story behind entrepreneurship, and you don't always get the, the struggle, the challenge, the adversity, the, 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 the setbacks and the letdowns. And that's all a part of, of the process. They're all learning opportunities that make a stronger at what we do. Um, if, if it was all easy, there would be no story. Well, that's true. And then this podcast would be really boring. So yeah. let's, let's, so let's dig into some of that adversity and some of those challenges and, and how you push through those or learned obviously yeah. from them. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, that, that they, you know, I think that they come up constantly so it's not like something that's a one hit wonder where it's one adversity, you work through it and there will never be another one again. I <laughs> mean, wish. yeah, right. Exactly. I think that that's a part of the process and that's a part of, if, of the refinement of what we do. Um, one adversity many years ago when we started our business, um, I, they wanted me to speak and to present. And that was probably the worst thing that anyone could ask me to do. I would prefer to be behind the scenes. I was more reserved. Uh, I wanted to write curriculum and content and make everything else publicly look spectacular, not from, uh, for, not from the front of the house. I wanted to be kind of behind the curtain. And, they, and so the extent of my speaking engagements would be, welcome. We're so grateful that you're here today. And that was about it. I mean, that was about, I was like, we're glad that you made it. And that was the extent of the, 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 the comfort zone that I had at the moment for, for speeches. <laughs> and, um, and so a couple of people said to me, you know, and they knew, you know, when people know you well, they know kind of where to, where to hit where it hurts. Mm -hmm. And so they said, you know, you're really selfish, Grace. And I thought, yeah, I mean, talk about hit where it hurts because I prefer to be generous. I prefer to be thoughtful. I prefer to, uh, you know, live my life in gratitude and, and sharing. And uh, so they said, you're very selfish. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? So whenever someone makes a statement, I learned quickly to ask questions around that statement to gain greater clarity around what what's the meaning. So I'm not I'm not making up stories in my own mind. I'm hearing direct from the source 
what what's the meaning behind that message? And so they said, well, you're like a funnel with a cork in it. And I said, okay, and, and what does that mean, you know, from your perspective? And they're like, well, people share things with you. They share with you their success journeys. They share with you, you know, what they've what they've worked through and overcome. What what are some of the adversities that that they came up with solutions to address? And it's like you keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, okay. So I said, I'm going to ponder this. I stepped away from the conversation, and this is a skill to develop because, you know sometimes what happens is, is when somebody says something that we could take offense from, oftentimes people want to lash out and address the, address it immediately. And, and I think that many times we can say things and do things that we regret later. And so this, I, I just want to share with you that there's many layers to, to what I'm offering you right now. And, and so I stepped away from the conversation, pondered it. And then I realized, and I did some self-coaching around it. And I said to myself, you know, well, what does this mean? And, and how could I make, make how others could benefit from a message, a priority versus this temporary fear that I'm feeling in this moment? because it is temporary Hmm. around speaking. And so it it was a gift that I didn't initially feel like was a gift. And I wanted to share that with you. Sometimes people give us feedback that we don't like, we don't appreciate, we don't feel that it was very nice. And, you know, when, when people give us feedback, we can either, you know, let it get the best of us, or we can make the best of it. Mm. And I made the best of that feedback and I have made a career of that. And now Mm. people are contacting me from all various industries to, to teach and to speak because what I just got a message from a a women's um, leadership and professional development organization. They have many cohorts they've invited me to speak for. And they sent me a message last night, as a matter of fact, hot off the press And they said, you know, a lot of women that are growing and elevating in leadership are finding that in order to deliver a message and to be taken seriously, their speaking skill set, as well as an ability to read the room is crucial to their current and future standings within an organization. This is what they emailed me. And they're like, will you come back? because I've spoken for them before, will you come back and speak to this topic? So something that was my Achilles heel, something that I was not excited about for all those years that I wanted to be in the background now has become beyond relevant today. So I think, I hope that that, what are your thoughts on that, Robert? I mean, that was a little long-winded, but that's, it just is what it is. Well, and I think the idea first that, you know, somebody calling you out on being selfish, right? Somebody challenging what you felt like this keeping this to myself and honoring my introvertedness was was between me and me and and then the idea that you were robbing the world of something um is pretty powerful right and so they they poked you right where they knew it would hurt you but it it was it's it's important to recognize those voices of influence in our lives right and and be willing to be willing to learn from them and and accept criticism right i know my my biggest challenge growing up 
as a young man was that I always felt like my dad was so critical and, and he wasn't really being critical to hurt me. He was being critical to challenge me to, to, you know, to make my performance better, to improve me. And, you know, but it, young man, you feel like, Oh, I just can't do anything. Right. And I, he doesn't like anything that I do. And, you know, and, and of course it was never, that, that was never true. That was my interpretation of, you know, what was happening. And so it, it is challenging for many people to be open to criticism, to be open to, you know, learning from the opinion of others. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Or, or becoming defensive and defending the position. Um, so I love what Brene Brown says, uh, and, and I think it holds true to the processing of, of that feedback experience. As she said in her book, uh, Daring to Lead, she said, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Hmm. And so requesting clarity around some feedback in a statement without being defensive is what do you mean by that? Or, or, or what does that, what does that mean to you? Getting, getting further additional feedback because, you know, we can, we have our own filters. We can filter the information through our own experiences and our own lens. And sometimes we can taint the message um, for good, for, you know, for better or for worse. And so I just, I feel that by gaining that clarity, giving myself the, the opportunity for a precious pause to ponder. <laughs> precious ponder. pause. That's very yeah. nice. Precious pause to ponder what was just shared with me. And then, you know, make a decision and decide how I wanted to respond uh, to that feedback. And I, I appreciate, you know, I've got many many people in my life that I, I hold in high regard and, and some people they've shared with me, you know, it's not when we're giving feedback that people are meant to be concerned. It's when we're no longer giving feedback. Mm -hmm. That's when, that's when they're meant to be concerned because what that says is, is that they've moved on. Mm -hmm. They, they, you know, the person that's, you know, putting you in a role or in a position they, they, they've gone beyond you now because they, the feedback means that you care enough to speak the truth to me and to give me an opportunity to improve or to make better, to refine, to adapt, to adjust, to tweak um, in order to get the best possible outcomes. So one thing that I've made a habit is to ask people what what adjustments could could I make? What how could I um, improve upon what this ex, you know what was delivered here at this experience? How could I improve upon that? What insight do you have for me? What are some things that I could focus on that would serve people with my better best or with our better best? And constantly asking for one or two things can be very valuable because then you're 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 consistently tweaking and refining. Um, and, and the reason for that is, is yesterday I was on a call with a woman and she said, you've mastered this skill. And I said, oh, 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 I have not mastered this skill. I said, when I master something, I'm dead. I've not mastered it. There will always be a better way and, and more refined way to do this. 
and every conversation like our conversation today creates space and opportunity for new insight for and therefore you know a better version of me later today or tomorrow as a result of our connection mm, absolutely well i i think about that that precious pause but you talked about defending your position and 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 one of my recent examples I've been married for 30 years. And so my wife and I are partners in business. We're partners in life. And I wrote my book this year. And 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 I wrote it really fast. I wrote my book in, in the week between Christmas and New Year's. And I wrote 6,000 words a day. And then the first time she edited it, she took out 3,000 words. And it was like, <laughs> and, and And I don't know. I got defensive. I, I admit I got defensive. And and I had to stop. I had to pause, take that precious pause and recognize, no, she's trying to make the book more understandable. And mostly she's taking out the repetition because to write 6,000 words in a day, you repeat yourself a lot. <laughs> but but it's still it, it's crazy how knowing that somebody's helping you and an editor when you're somebody's editing your book is helping you and trying to make it a better book. And yet there's still this piece of you that's screaming out, stop putting red lines in my book. <laughs> Yes, yes. I want you to love it. I want you to, you know, I want you to love it from out of the gate. Whereas, yeah, she was loving you and loving the process enough to give her transparent feedback. Absolutely. And being willing to ask. So why don't you understand this section or, or what are you what are you seeing here? And, and, and of course, it was obvious when, you know, if you get past that little defensive moment, you can learn and and of course make a much better book right because because of course the book is full of crud you wrote it in like you know speed writing sessions and so <laughs> it needed to be cleaned up um it's just it's so weird to me how there's certain things that especially things that we create that you just get caught up in right and and i think our thought life as a coach one of the biggest challenges in working with people and even myself is when somebody teaches something new but it's not entirely new. You've kind of heard it before and you allow the brain to go, Oh, I know that. Right. And then as soon as the brain says, Oh, I know that you, you shut down and you don't engage. And that's why I love the curiosity. You have this curiosity inside of you that just wants to ask one more question. And, and the power of just asking one more question can take, take the learning 10 times deeper. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and what it also does is it can, it, it can elevate the relationship. Mm. You know, people, people have a desire to be heard. They have a desire to be connected with. They have a desire, you know, to be valued. And, and so creating space for people to speak their truth or to expand upon something is, is such a rich environment for optimized relationships. And so, I, you know, I love listening to people because I, I love the concept of, you know, we're not learning when we're talking, we're learning when we're listening. And I, I shared that with, um, I have had a, a great longstanding connection with uh, the CEO of the WABC, the Worldwide Association of Business Coaches. And I said, you know, we, we do bring value and we definitely deserve to be rewarded for the efforts when it comes to coaching. And, and uh, there's also, we're, we're real great benefactors. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
we're tapping into to the creative genius, wisdom, and insight of every person we come in contact with. They're sharing with us their story, and then they're sharing with us how they're going to address it. They're sharing with us their goals and, and innovations, and then how they're going to move in that direction and pursue them and be accountable to themselves and to us, you know, through an empowerment, powering, an empowering partnership. And so it's, it's powerful to be able to, to listen to thought leaders um, and to be compensated, compensated for that skill set. So I hear you. I hear you as a coach, you are, you're definitely delivering value and you're also, it's reciprocated. It's a natural recipe. It naturally aligns with the law of reciprocity. You're giving and receiving at the same time. I almost feel guilty for it sometimes. Like I learn more than my listeners do. I learn more than my my clients do, and it's like, wait, now you're paying me, but I'm learning from you, and I I should I should just stop taking your check. And of course, I can't because that's what my business is all about. But yeah, but, but there's a little there's a little inkling of that inside there. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. When I was originally coaching. I don't do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching anymore. I, I, I coach very specific people. Um, it, when I was first starting out, I didn't charge for my coaching. And I didn't charge for a few reasons. One was because I wanted to refine my skill set and to practice as much as possible because practice makes permanent. If you want to be great at anything, you'll practice it over and over and over again. You And you, you, you'll probably be you know, okay at it, maybe in times not so great at it, um, you'll practice. And so I wanted to practice. The other thing is, is that I, I don't think I was clear on my worth or my value. Hmm. I didn't charge because I didn't know, I, you know, often coaches don't, they don't often see it. it they, they, because many times coaching comes naturally for people. Yes. It's a skill set. Yes. It, there are structures to coaching. It's a system, you know, systems are replicatable. Charisma is not, um, it, it's a system. And I, I don't, I don't think though that I, I valued, I valued it because I wasn't accustomed to being compensated for that. Well, I was accustomed to being compensated for what I knew and delivering a training and teaching message. That's how I was rewarded is, is by my knowledge, not by my knowledge of a skill set to extract the brilliance from someone else. I was accustomed to delivering it. Oh, so there's thoughts on that. There's so much in, in that idea, right. Of the power of drawing somebody out and, and, and drawing the solutions out from, from within them that, that is what is at the heart of coaching, right? But, but I obviously I love to talk about value. So value is a <laughs> is a huge part of my life and world, and and uh, it's my company name and and my podcast name. And so, I think especially early entrepreneurs, and and I think entrepreneurs that come from corporate come from we we get stuck in this price model and this idea of price and and when you think about price you're racing to the bottom right we're we're, we're going to be the discount store you know between walmart and kmart who can discount the most right <laughs> lowering your price and lowering your price because because when you think about price the only direction to go is down yeah. but when you think about value 
the only direction to go is up. And so helping people see the difference between price, right? And I think people who are accustomed to working an hourly rage, right? We're, we're, we're taught all of our lives, most of us that don't have entrepreneurial families are taught all of our lives that, you know what, you get the most you can for an hour and you work hard and you get an hourly pay, work hard, hour pay, work hard, hour pay. And you just have this, this whole work hard, hour pay thing. And it's priced, right? You're, you're negotiating a, a price per hour that your services are worth. And it's not thinking about the value of your services and the value that, that you're, you, you bring to the marketplace and, and the value that that can increase for the clients that you're serving. And so let's, let's dig into this, this value. How did Grace find her value? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I, I was looking at, you know, I, I like to look at, I'm systematic. I like to look at, I like systems. I like scalability. I like duplication. And what I was finding was time given to one can be time taken from another. I mean, I'm a mother of eight children. So building a global business and, and I was looking at this and saying, okay, I'm parting with my time. My time is valuable. My time matters to a lot of people. And so does uh, the resources that, that I bring forward, you know, to my family and our business. And so when I looked at it from that perspective, I was like, you know, the, the return, the return that my clients receive, they, they are receiving and they'll value what I'm offering more if, if they have skin in the game, if they are paying for the service, they are more likely to value at it, to value it at the level of its worth. Because I looked at that and I was like, well, how much am I being compensated for my speaking expertise? You know, working in groups of people and then and then to not take compensation for working individually with people. Uh, it was it it was a quick awakening. I was like, okay, I the service is sound. It merits a reward. It, there wasn't an equal yoking when when you you give it away and 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 yes there is appreciation yes there's gratitude and gratefulness but when it's given away you know really transparently authentically how is it resting with you how was that resting with you if you're at peace about it great then that was meant to be a transformational exchange and there are certain people where i discern that this is meant to be a transformational exchange. It means that no resources are going to, to be exchanged here as far as monetary, or is it going to be a transactional exchange? So I like to look at it from two perspectives, transformational exchange. Okay. This is my sewing into this person's life transactional exchange. That means that we're, they're going to compensate me for the contribution that I'm looking to make in their life. And so that was kind of that evolution, the evolution and, and being clear about, you know, valuing time. So like whenever I say to somebody, I don't just say, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Or I will, I will mention to people, I asked you today, I was like, okay, approximately how much time will we be investing into this conversation? 
it, it was one of my first questions to you, Robert, because that's the, the value I place on, on it is because it, once it's, it's spent, invested, sewed, made use of, it's gone. It doesn't come back. It's, it's called treasured time mm -hmm. from my perspective. And so Absolutely. those are just a few thoughts that are coming forward based on your question. Well, and so you mentioned that if clients don't invest enough in it, then they don't value it enough. And, and I think there's, there's some coaches that, that, that get that, right. That they've gotten over that hump and they recognize that, you know what, I gave my services away for free in the beginning. I, I did a bunch of pro bono people into my groups and, and they didn't get the results that the people that paid. And then now people are paying more significantly and my services haven't changed all that much, but they're getting more significant results. And so having a bigger investment on the front end for my clients actually helps my clients get bigger results on the back end regardless of what I do in the middle. Yeah, I love that because they're vested. They're vested. Yes. So, so even though I'm receiving this and I'm helping them, obviously there's a process, there's a system, and, and, and there is help involved. But the truth is the more they put in cash-wise, the more they invest, the more they're committed to the work, which yeah. lends itself to creating better results. Agreed. Agreed. And, and it's and it goes against everything your mind says about money. It it doesn't make any sense. And yet my results and I know the results of many other coaches prove it out that the more somebody pays for their coaching, the better the results will be, regardless of the process or systems, you know, in between. Yeah. Oh yes. And to create a structure around that. So like I like to, whenever I'm working with somebody, I like to say, well, how could we accelerate your return on investment? So based on what you've invested in your coaching, what are, what are some of the milestones in order to accelerate the return so that, so that our work, you know, let's say it's a, it's a four segment, 12 segment, whatever, monthly, whatever your process is so that you're working you're operating your your work together from from the profits. Everything else is profit based on your collaboration because you've accelerated that return. It's like an initial threshold. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Well, and it also sets the tone, right? I mean, it's like the hip, hypnotist, you know, magic, you know, snap your finger question, right? If I had a magic wand or snap my fingers and you know, six months from now, what would make this the, the best meeting ever, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you set the tone and it, it sets their mindset towards what's going to be the best outcome for, for this relationship. Um, it's a powerful question. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I, I, lo I love for people to focus on that 
because people, there's not, not very many places in life where people could accelerate a return, a, a return intentionally. And if we look at it from that perspective, it's like, okay, well, and, or even ask people, you know, what would make this a, a fruitful, a fruitful um, experience for you? What are you looking to gain and glean from this? And I mean, even if you, you, you don't ask that question, share with the person you're about to hire to collaborate with, to let them know, this is what I'm looking for in return for your services. These are the kind of outcomes I'm, I'm excited about, or this is, this is what I'm going to be measuring. Like I like to ask executives, what is, is corporate measuring? Like what are the, the KPIs that they're using to measure your success in this area? Like, what are they, what are you being graded on? And, um, so having people reflect on that or what, what am I going to be graded on as your coach or as your, as your facilitator, as your speaker, what am I going to be graded on so that we have an, we have an understanding up front of what the expectation is. I think that many times people are disappointed because they haven't fully articulated their expectation. So, so if we haven't articulated our expectation, it'll be very challenging to hold someone accountable to that if they don't know what 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 you are looking for. Mm, so powerful. Okay, Grace, mother of eight. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, I got, I got, I got tired as soon as you said it. I needed to go take a nap. I, I only had. <laughs> I only had two kids and they ran me ragged. So, whew. All right. Yeah. I love to talk about entrepreneurs' ability to design their life, build their business to support it. And you talked about honoring your time and, and valuing your time and recognizing that if I take time away from one, then I'm then I'm you know potentially robbing somebody else of time, right? And yeah. and with eight kids, obviously you you have to be focused to to make all eight kids feel like, wait a minute, I'm I'm not getting an equal piece of mom. And so so let's talk a little bit about designing the life that you want and then making sure that your business is is supporting that life. Yes. Well I learned there's so many lessons that I feel like I want to share with you all at once. There <laughs> I learned a lesson um years ago because in 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 my business. I mean, I did, I do a lot of speaking and it's international speaking. I work for, I've worked for a third of the top 100 direct selling and network marketing companies globally for 21 years. So going all over the world, as well as now, you know, banks and uh, various uh, organizations, schools, departments of education, churches, I mean, just various organizations teaching on communication and coaching and leadership best practices and things of that nature. And there was a time in our business where I was traveling a lot to the point where it was like a couple of weeks out of every month. And one time I was flying in and flying out, like I had a four hour turn exchange over. And I mean, I was gone already two weeks, New Zealand, Australia, coming in for a few hours to fly out to the East coast. And or Canada, I don't even know where I was going. Uh, it, I do know, though, what was said to me. And so my husband was happened to be home one, you know, as I was making this four hour exchange of time. And he said, thank you for coming to visit us. 
And I was like, oh, oh. And I, and that, you know, I, and I felt it. I felt that there was a little bit of that going on because I felt it even in my, within myself. I thought I'm doing, I'm doing uh, what I can to support my family. I'm doing what I can to make a difference uh, for people and contribute to, to people in various countries. And when he said that to me, it gave me food for thought. And I was like, how could I work more from home or do more here in my own community. I lived in Hawaii. I worked everywhere else. And, um, and so that was a turning point for me is to recognize that, you know, how can you, you know, what are the things that are earning my yeses and what are the things that, that are, are, are a no. So creating healthy boundaries, I was taking on projects that I didn't, I didn't have to say yes to. I was doing it though, thinking that it would bring value to my family that the, the cost was, was, was more than the benefit. Well, and I think it, that can happen to a lot of entrepreneurs, right? They, they start their business and then, and then the business is supporting their family and they're committed to their family. So they're committed to their business and, and you, it gets a little confusing in there and, and the business is growing at a point, maybe more than the family. And, and so now the business is getting this extra bit of attention because it's grown beyond what our expectations were. It's grown, it's growing in a direction we, we didn't plan and, and you get caught, right? And it sounds like you got caught in this moment of, yeah. Oh wait, this has gone someplace. I didn't want it to go. Exactly. And the great thing about being an entrepreneur is that I don't have a corporate structure. I don't have all these other strings attached to it. I can say, wait, I can be intentional and I can design my business and like you said, create these boundaries that give me permission to say no to the things that are outside of my boundaries, outside of who I want to serve or outside of times that I want to serve. And I can build a model that, that says, all right, this is, this is what's really important to me in my household and my family. I need to put a, a, a boundary around this and not allow the business to interfere with that that boundary, give myself permission to say no, which is, which is challenging for a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Especially early um, entrepreneurs want to say yes to everybody. <laughs> they want to, they want to solve all these problems and especially a heart centered entrepreneur who's, who's speaking to rooms of hundreds and thousands and look at the impact and the influence that, that the difference I'm making in the world, right? It feels like I'm doing all this really great stuff but I'm not, I'm hurting the ones that, that I love the most and I'm hurting the ones that are closest to me. And so I need to, I need to create these boundaries. So what helped you create boundaries and, and how are you honoring those? Yeah. Well, I made some adjustments. I mean, one, one way that I, one adjustment that I made was I started to do more virtual. I went and got certified through the SBA as a women-owned certified small business um, went and got certified. Well, as soon as, as soon as the global staycation took place, I was like, we've got to pivot because this is, we're in an events business and events were being postponed, canceled. I mean, I just flew back from Australia and New Zealand right before their borders closed. I may have been stuck, my kids and my family in Hawaii and me over down under, right? So could be worse, uh, could be worse places to get stuck. But. Uh, exactly true. I love it there. Actually, Australia is a great place. I just just was there, as a matter of fact. And um, anyways, 
I pivoted. So we went and got certified as a women-owned small business. We went and got certified as a minority business enterprise. Uh, we diversified, did a lot of online facilitation. There's nothing like in person for sure. I mean, that's that's a sweet spot for people to be able to come together to learn and to gain new knowledge. But we pivoted. Um, and so, and I loved that. I loved that I could do what I'm passionate about virtually. I also made a decision to go and collaborate with, with a brand that launched here in the U.S. So that's another way of, of diversification where what I've taught everyone else to do for the last 21 years, I'm actually implementing it and it's working. Uh, one of the fastest growing organizations in the business. And so it's like, it's, it's doing, um, doing what I'm passionate about, living what, living what I love. That's a key factor. You know, you can do what you're passionate about. Or you, you can live what you love. I'm living, I'm living what I love. And I, I'm all about modeling for my children, what's possible and for my community. So if, Mom, I could have continued exactly doing what I did for the last 21 years it, because it was a comf it was comfortable for me because it was something that I know and have known. But I decided to expand that, expand my comfort zone, and um, to go beyond what what was normal for me. And and I'm loving it, and I'm getting to show my children more a, a new facet to to what's possible. So as the world comes out of this craziness, and obviously you're traveling again, how is your traveling today different than your traveling two years ago? It's not as much. It's not as frequent. Um, and clear out my yeses and my noes. And, and I usually, my noes are, are thank you for considering me or thank you for the invitation. And, and builds a bridge, but builds a barrier. And um, it, I'd be grateful if you'd reach out to me for a future opportunity, if it just doesn't sync up. Uh, and that, again, is very challenging because we want to, see, I, that was me before I would have wanted to say yes, and I'll figure it out later. Now I'm like, okay, you know, what is my yes and what is my no? Uh, being strategic in my travel. So I will layer opportunities wherever I go. I'll layer it. I'll communicate in advance. I'm going to be out there. And if people want to stack events or stack opportunities while I'm in the area, that's smart because it takes so long to get to wherever I'm going because um, we're in the middle of the Pacific. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, I, and um, yeah, I think stacking, uh, communicating with the clients, um, being clear on no's and yeses and really taking on the projects that excite me or that challenge me. Uh, I'm, I'm about that. Like there's a new project that just came across my desk. It's, it's for a major airline and um, they contacted me out of the blue. They were referred to me by someone just like my mom referred me to you which I'm very grateful for, Robert. And it was an out of the blue situation. And that to me is like, it, it, it's a cha it, cha it challenges me, which, which I love. I want to be challenged hmm. because that's, that's where we're not growing when we're staying the same. We're growing when we're challenged and expanding our comfort zone. So my today's version of me is one, one form, 
tomorrow I'm going to be so much better than I was today because I was challenged. Mm, that's so good. All right. So you've had some of these business successes, obviously the history of, of entrepreneurship. What, what has been the biggest challenge or what is your current biggest challenge? Current biggest challenge. Um, current biggest challenge I think is, goodness, what is it? It's like, you know, in some of these things that I'm doing, I'm I, okay. I'll give you an example. So I have, you know, I've been teaching and speaking and facilitating uh, for years. And in my time has always been like valued. Like if I said something, people were writing notes. If I communicated something and then sometimes when there's a familiarity to you or there's a feeling like oh well you know you're our, you're a mentor to me now and i have access to this as as complimentary training because you, you know you're you're my mentor you're leading me in, in in this organization and that's a new role for me to fill is is to um so for example people are not necessarily parting with their resources to have access to me. So when I would go and I'm seeing meeting all these leaders from various organizations, I'm bowing down to them and saying, "Congrats! Wow, you wow me," because it's a new, it's a new, it's a new life for me in that in that role and in that realm of, of, you know, I'm I am in, investing into a person to develop them for a an ongoing passive return on that investment, not an instant gratification. I provide you this service, you reward and compensate me. So I think, you know, getting accustomed to, to, uh, you know, that, that dra that's a drastic difference for me. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think that, so that's my new challenge is, is how to navigate, how to navigate uh, the, uh, the, present and future return on the investment of time and the investment of skill set mm -hmm. and um, and then continuing to create those healthy boundaries. And, and one way to do that, I'll share really quickly that I've learned recently is to communicate immediately up front how much time you have set aside for the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I have when somebody says, do you have a minute? I say, actually, I have 10, 10 quality minutes I can commit to you completely dedicated to you and then give them your top 10, meaning you're not multitasking, you're focused and with them in the moment versus leaving it open-ended. Because if, 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 if someone can get it, they want, they're going to want an hour. They're going to want as, they're going to want as much of that as they can pull. And so creating that communication up front has been a, a, something that I've navigated and, and it's working very well. Uh, because otherwise we look down, we look up, we're like, oh my gosh, it's been an hour. That's so powerful. I I appreciate honoring the time and then and and giving yourself permission to say, look, this is the time I have available. Let's make the most of it. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and take advantage of that. Obviously, you've expressed gratitude throughout this broadcast. How has gratitude served you as, as a personal value in, in your growth journey? Oh my goodness. It, I look for people, opportunities. I look for environments, things that I can be grateful for. And it, 
and and some of those things are simply a view, a view. Like I was, I shared with you, I had a cabin. I was in Australia. I was speaking over there. And I'm sitting down on this back porch of this cabin and I'm looking outside and there is this, um, there were kangaroos and there were wild birds and all of these, this experience in nature, these beautiful trees and sounds. And I was like, this, this is, is a place to be completely grateful for. And I worked hard there. I mean, and, and at the same time, I felt completely rejuvenated and relaxed because I looked for people, experiences, environments that I could be grateful for. And, um, and yeah, so I think I naturally live in that realm and I'll say it. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining us here or coming over for visiting or whatever it may be the simplest things being grateful that I got to wake up this morning and, and, and hug my children, you know, and, and, you know, greet them for the day and to be the first person that they saw when they woke up this morning. Like not everybody has that opportunity because we have extreme communities where people are not like us in entrepreneurship, where they they leave work they leave for work before their children are awake and they come home when it's time for time for bath time and for them to go to sleep. They don't have those opportunities to to enjoy. Hmm. So true. So what other elements do you have in your life that are routines for you that are non-negotiables? Oh, routines, non-negotiables. So I, I, I like to have some structures. So I, I like to have a schedule of sorts with flexibility. So I don't book myself so over the top that I don't have an opportunity for creativity, for, for inspiration, uh, for, last minute, um, last minute weaving in a conversation or a connection with someone. I like to have, have a, a, a schedule with some flexibility. Um, I, that's, that's a routine. Um, I do, you know, I have my prayer time. I have my family time. Um, we do, we do a lot of you know, outdoor activities. We live in the mountains. So we'll take the kids to the park. We'll do just different things like that. We're very active in sports. Our children are all athletes and athletics. Um, yeah, I, you know, I read a lot. That's pretty much daily. I am an audible fan. I also like a hard copy book. Uh, reading is, is my go-to jam. I watch very little television. It's not really for me. Um, I don't, I just, I'll catch glimpses of it, but then I'll, I'll, I'll see that I could be doing other things or I could, I could be in other places that are more productive for me. Um, yeah, those are a few things. Family time, family is a, is a big deal to me. I, and I'm speaking to people every day because I, I think one thing is that I, that I appreciate is, is that, you know, some people are doing business with you now and some people will be doing business with you later. Some people will never do business. I, I like to use seeds as, as a, as an example, I plant seeds. Sometimes you water, you water the seeds, some harvest, some don't, some later, some now. One of my biggest contracts here in the state of Hawaii, it was for um, a major school uh, system, a private school here. And it was a two-year process before they engaged me 
um, as, as a contractor for that organization. And so that's, I think, really important is that we're constantly, um, if, if you, and this is something I just want to share with you that I think is important because I just barely going to have time to touch on it, but I think it's so valuable is that oftentimes in entrepreneurship, and we got caught in this at one stage where we had, we were um, harvesting so much and um, watering the seeds that we had that we forgot to plant. So we were harvesting, meaning we were having referrals, constant influx of business, business was booming. And then we were watering what we had and we forgot at one stage to plant seeds. And if you don't plant seeds, you will not have seeds to water and you will not have seeds to harvest. So in our business, it is crucial that you're not comfortable with what you already have, that mm. you're grateful for what you have and very persistent at engaging new people, introducing new new people to the value that you have to offer and to bring them, it, requesting referrals and, and, and being open to that possibility and then communicating your gratitudes for those referrals that are coming your way. So it is key to be on a daily basis planting seeds watering seeds and harvesting seeds. If you're only doing one, your business will suffer. Absolutely. So at the beginning of that, and of course, I think that led to connection and, and the power of connection and the value of connection. Um, I mean, I think the intentionality in life involves three areas. We have to be intentional with our time, intentional with our money and intentional with our relationships. And so can you talk about the value of connection my goodness, connection. Well, people have an innate need to belong. They have a desire mm -hmm. for connection. And connection is, is key. It's that human contact. And for many of us, connection has been virtual via, you know, these technology tools or over the phone. Um, it really being intentional about that and, and be with connections. It's not always about the sale. It's, if it always is about the sale, then then people will feel sold and told versus asked and engaged. Mm. So I I like to build relationships with people. My first question when somebody reaches out to me or I, I use a lot of technology to make scheduling connecting simple and efficient and effective. So there's a few things. One is, is when I request a conversation, I will communicate what I'm looking for specifically. So I was wondering when we could connect for five to 10 minutes or 10 to 15 minutes or set aside. Uh, and then I say brief conversation and I give specifics about about the time that I'm requesting, because that makes it easier for people to say yes, when they know kind of what they're, what, what they're looking at. The other thing um, that, that I like to do is I like to, I like to touch in with people. So how are you doing? I like to be personable with them. So it's not always about work. It's, it's just checking in. How are you? What's happening right now? What's new in your world? What are you grateful for right now? Or I'm seeing some things in your social media. I wanted to, to, to just let you know you're on my mind or on my heart. These are this, especially now more than ever before, because people for so many years have felt so disconnected that that power of connection, you just never know how meaningful that will be to someone else. Mm. And I like, for example, I'm thinking about this airline um, 
thing that just came up that I actually met a person when I was volunteering for a local community event that met this person. She was, she received value from that exchange and then referred me. So we made, and this was like six months to a year ago. We never know where our love deposit will make an impact or have make a difference. And so it's not always that exchange of, okay, I'm, you know, you're, I'm offering you something you're buying. It could be, I'm offering you something, bringing, bringing you such value that you, it will be a memorable experience. And I love that some of my greatest mentors and coaches and people that, um, that have sewn into my life, I still hear their voice and their <laughs> words when I'm not in their presence. Absolutely. All right, Grace, you're going to switch it up just a little bit. What's your most memorable date with your husband? My most memorable date with my husband. Oh, my gosh. It was the first time we met, actually. Um, my good friend, um, my good friend was his best friend was is my good friend's husband. And anyways, I she did not invite me. To, she was like, Grace, because I was meant to go out with her. She was like, well, Grace, you know, my husband's uh, friend just, you know, picked us up and he and his friends were go going out to dinner. And I said, well, I'm already on my way. So I'm coming. I don't, it doesn't matter who he is. I'm, I'm going to be joining you. <laughs> and, and I was kind of gracefully assertive about it. And I just, I wasn't there for him. I was there for my friend who was visiting in town. And I went there and I remember like walking into the restaurant and my, and my now husband was like, kind of like, he had this like weird look on his face. Like he was just like shocked or something. And I walked up to him and, and I thought, okay, this guy is interesting. And then I paid attention to my friend by the end of the night though, I was like, he's funny, he's witty, he's um, generous he's friendly. He's, I, and my friend asked me, she's like, what do you think of him? And I was like, I actually enjoy his company. <laughs> I actually enjoy his company. So that was one of the most memorable dates that I had with my husband. It was that I, I invited myself. <laughs> nice. I like that. Set up your own blind date. Set it up, I, I, and, and unintentionally set up my own blind date. It was not intentional whatsoever. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Grace, what's what's your big dream? Oh my gosh, Robert, you're asking me such great questions. Oh. Okay, I'll share with you briefly. So I was I was on the phone and this was a person. See, this is the kind of impact someone can have. I don't remember this person's name. I don't remember how I came in contact with them. All I know is, is that they contacted me. I was having a conversation and they asked me what my vision was and, you know, how I could make a difference in people's lives. And we teach, we teach the skill set that you're proficient at. So we teach coaching and how to implement it. And I said to him, well, coaching will be our, our greatest contribution to the world. And he goes, and in what way? And I said, well, we'll impact millions of lives through this contribution. And he goes, well, what about billions? And I kind of, I was thinking millions was a lot, right? Millions is a lot. He's like billions. And he goes, it's, it's just zeros, Grace. It's only, it's only zeros. And I, I paused and I said, billions. He said, yeah, billions. Napoleon Hill said it so well. He said, only 
an open mind can grow. Another concept to consider is once the mind expanded, it never takes its original shape, Napoleon Hill. So my mind in that moment of conversation and connection and my gratitude for the man that I don't know his name, I don't know how I met him. He just said what I needed to hear in the moment. My mind was expanded and it never has taken its original shape. And now I get to serve people, the organization that I'm collaborating with now, I get to serve people here throughout the United States as well as Puerto Rico. And now that is going to expand globally and to be a brand that is a household name in many nations. And, and I feel like I get to be a part of that from the very beginning. And so what is my dream? My dream is, is to impact billions of lives in, in, in a unique and creative way that serves them. And it's a, and that I can sow into their lives with a gift that can keep on giving can keep on giving. And that's what I hear from a lot of our students. They're like, Grace, this is generational impact. This has impacted my relationship with my husband, my relationships with my children, what we're teaching our kids through the philosophies that you have imparted and spoken into my life. Oh, that's so good. All right, Grace, you've spent an hour having this conversation with this entrepreneurial audience and you want to leave them with Grace Howe's words of wisdom. What would you share? Oh my goodness. You're worthy. You're worthy of you're worthy of the effort, the pain, the and the pleasure of this business and your success. You're worthy of it. And you know, continue to pursue it. I love this quote. It stated, winners never quit and quitters never win. Hmm. It may feel like you're on an island, which I am on an island. It may feel like you're on an island from time to time as an entrepreneur. Take that next step. Call that next person. Look for that next no. Embrace that next yes. Those are, that's a part of the evolution that who you are today is not who you were 10, 20 years ago. Who you are today is not who you're going to be 10 and 20 years from now. So embrace the now, hmm. embrace the learning experiences and continue to remind yourself that you are worthy of success and that your next yes is within reach. And, and I feel like, you know, remind yourselves of that. Like every day I get to remind myself of what am, why am I here? What is my true purpose? And how can I live that today? Not how can I wait for 20 years to live that? Hmm. No, how can I live it right now? And, um, and be willing to get a little uncomfortable, be willing to expand the comfort zone a bit, uh, explore, explore your offerings, you know, dare to ask for more. Uh, you know, dare to increase your pricing. I mean, dare to um, add more value to merit the price exchange. I mean, whatever you want to do, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's like, go for it. What you, you have everything to gain from going for it. Hmm. So that's my, my, those are some of my many thoughts these days. I, I've been very reflective recently because I'm, I constantly am looking for Robert, you know, what will my future self thank me for? Mm. What, what, how can I show up today so that my future self will thank me for that? Because every time there is a challenge, 
sometimes the, the, you know, we question, we question what we're doing or how we're doing it. Push through that so that your future self can thank you. Well, Grace, I am so grateful for you taking the time to share your story, to share such wonderful wisdom with us and my audience. And, and uh, I know that you shared a great deal of value. So thank you. Oh my gosh, Robert, thank you. This has been a, such a treat. I appreciate the interview and the time with you and your audience and looking forward to connecting. If people have questions, they are welcome to reach out. I'd love to bring value to them as well. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, L. Ingalls and Robert have a fantastic discussion about stress and pressure and the impact on performance. Elle started coaching her own boys to have less stress when playing sports. And when their performance improved, more and more players asked for her help. Then she started helping entire teams and organizations find the joy of pressure-free performance.